If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Well, welcome everybody to the last episode of the season. So last week we had the gorgeous Megan and Jed on, and that was my 40th episode. I've decided I'm going to have a little break over summer so I can just focus on Lexi and as you can imagine it takes quite a bit of effort editing each of these so I thought I'll have a little break and then set myself up for success for next year. Firstly I just wanted to thank all of you, all of my guests for their generosity in sharing their stories and all of my listeners have been blown away by the response. This is the sort of thing I wish that I'd had when I was starting out on my journey. I hadn't, didn't know anybody who had been through this and was going pretty blind into the concept but just assumed I could do it. Turns out I can so that's okay but I think anyone who's kind of on the fence or just trying to work out if this is the right journey for them or not, I hope you get so much out of this podcast. I've been blown away by the woman I've met through doing this interview and I've met some really great friends as a result as well. All of you are so inspiring with your courage, your strength and your resilience really. The fact that you've decided to make your dreams come true and do it on your own because you haven't found the right partner is something to be really commended. And thank you for your generosity and sharing with everyone. I've already got some great speakers lined up for next year, so I can't wait for you to hear it, but I'm going to have a nice summer off with my daughter. I wanted to do this episode as just a little bit of sign off for the year, give a couple of updates, and also I went out to our previous guests to see what advice they would give anyone who was just starting out on this journey. So I hope that's useful for you um, and a nice way to end the season. Unfortunately, one of the first things I do have to update you on is the loss of her beautiful Carly. So you remember her from episode 26 and unfortunately she lost her battle with cancer the day before Remy's fifth birthday. It's still very fresh in a lot of people's minds and she will be forever in their hearts and I just feel so grateful that I was able to capture her story so that Remy's going to have that to listen to when she's growing up and hear her mum's beautiful voice and laughter telling her story how she wanted it told and she'll know how loved and wanted she always was. Still hard to, to get that news out. In the interests of trying to (laughs) change to make it a little bit more upbeat for anyone who is considering this journey what are some advice that I would give based on what I know 
I guess one of the hardest things for me when I look back in reflection was actually making the decision in the first place. I was so hung up on having the perfect life with the husband and the big house that I could never contemplate having children without that. The, for me, like the determination of whether I was successful in life or not had nothing really to do with me, but whether I bagged a husband and got married. It took a lot for me to let go of that fairy tale and decide to pursue motherhood on my own. I, Up until probably the day I decide, I never even thought that I would contemplate it. But when I made that decision, that was it. One of the things that's really helped me get clear on what life can be like with just the two of us was doing a bit of dream work. So I bought um, the Kiki K Dream Journal, I think it's called. It sounds a bit naff, but one of the things is a guided meditation and you start thinking about your life in five years and in 10 years time and what you would do if time and money and skill wasn't a barrier. Like what would your life look like? And one of the things I got really clear on that was that I had children in that. I only had one in my vision as well, which is probably another reason why I'm only having the one. But I got really clear what I would love my life to look like and that for me involved me becoming a mother. So that really helped me get clear that, okay, How I thought it was going to happen isn't going to happen like that. But I can still have an incredible life, just the two of us. And how it's worked out is actually better than I could have ever imagined and probably better than I could have imagined if I'd done it with a partner. I think I'm so independent and so set in my ways that it's just amazing not to have to compromise on anything. Yes, we'll have some different challenges in the future with navigating donor siblings and if Lexi wants to meet her donor and that sort of thing. But other than that, our little life together is just incredible and I can't imagine now having done it with a partner. I think some other advice that I would give is anyone who hasn't been through fertility treatment previously, you can't understand the emotional toll that potentially it could have on you. I hope that anyone going through this gets pregnant really easily and doesn't need this advice. But unfortunately for a lot of us, it does take more than one round of IUI and sometimes multiple rounds of IVF and multiple failed transfers. I think the biggest thing I've learned through my infertility journey previously and then through going through this is it's really important to have a support network while you're going through treatment. Originally, when I did it while I was married, I kept it very secret and that I think made everything so much harder. All the negatives were just a million times worse because you didn't have anyone to share it to. You didn't have a shoulder to cry on. And if your husband or partner wasn't the right person to be doing that sort of thing, it made it very isolating. I lost a lot of friendships and just really lost myself as a person during that. I think ideally I would have professional help during that through a therapist, but also make sure you've got some close girlfriends or family or friends that you know that you can trust, that you can rely on. So if you need support during treatment you've got it if you need distractions if you need a shoulder to cry on whatever you need they'll be there for you because you can't underestimate the impact that it, it may have on you but I do wish baby dust to all of you that it happens very quickly and easily and you don't need that advice the other thing I did in my second round of IVF to get Lexi was that I made it really fun I decided this was going to be the round it was going to work luckily that that paid out um but I made sure that I I wanted to create really good stories and really good memories for Lexi when I was telling her story. The first time I did it, it was a bit more on the down low, but this time I got girlfriends around and we had a really nice night going through the donor profiles. I made sperm shaped cookies and bruschetta toast and we had a big spreadsheet up on the wall and went through all of the different donors and the options. I cut heads out of magazines and we gave them all names so that when we were talking about them, working out which one to go with, um, we were saying, let's go with Jason or Bob or whoever it was. I realized post-COVID, 
a lot of people don't have the luxury of many donors to choose from, but hopefully that will change in time and you will be able to do that. I also had a gender reveal party. I had a baby shower. I managed to get in just before COVID kicked in. But I made sure that I had all these wonderful memories and really celebrated that time of being pregnant, especially going into it thinking that I was only going to do it once. I'm looking forward to being able to show Lexi those memories and say, you know, this is this is what I went through to choose who your donor was. This is what we went through while you were pregnant and all of my friends around me and all of that sort of thing. And she'll see how loved and wanted she was. And the other thing is, if you can, put yourself in the best financial position possible. Um, it's expensive to try and get pregnant. It's expensive to have a year of maternity leave, but it's so worth it. You won't get that time again and you won't regret it. Um, if you can get rid of some of your little debts before you can and maybe get some financial advice. Personally, I read The Barefoot Investor and that's made a bit of a difference on how I treat my money. But I stopped, I guess, throwing it away, <laughs> which I was doing previous to making this decision and really focused. I think there's been a few people that have said, if possible, save enough for three rounds of IVF before you start treatment, um, just because you don't know what it will end up costing. And then if it happens really easily, then you've got a lot of money saved. I know that's a lot of money. It might sound quite overwhelming to people, so I don't want to put anyone off. But I guess that's that, the ideal situation. But of everything, talk to a fertility specialist early if this is even a slight consideration for you. And understand if you've got the luxury of time to save or whether you should be doing something about it now. And then at the end of the day, it's just money. What matters most is that your, your mummy dreams come true. So... Where whatever stage you're at, I'm just wishing you the best of luck and I hope you can uh, understand the joy that being a solo mum by choice can bring, even if it's not your plan A. So now I'll hand over to some of our previous guests. I went out to see if anyone wanted to contribute just with some advice or their thoughts um, at the end of the season. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Rachel, mum to Arlo from episode 15. I've made a list of my advice, which is based on my experience. It's what I plan to tell my son and what I wish I could have told myself when I was 25 years old. So if being in a relationship feels like a roller coaster, get out of it. You don't need to tolerate another person's behavior to have a baby one day. Only be in a relationship if it makes you primarily happy and enriches your life. The day I fell pregnant, I stopped dating because I immediately felt no need. That was three years ago, and since then, the only times I've been sad have been related to my job. I am not on a roller coaster emotionally or physically in any way anymore. I feel in control of my life, the direction it's going in. I'm not anxious, I feel no fear or doubt, except maybe after a few wines when I should just go to bed. But generally speaking, I'm happy because I'm just focusing on me and my son. I've never felt like this in a relationship or before I had my son because it always felt like my happiness relied on finding someone worthy enough to share it with. But now that I've made someone worthy enough to share it with, I'm annoyed I wasted so much time and money on dating, relationships, engagements and a very, very short marriage and divorce. I wish I'd saved my money and bought a unit with a yard, walking distance from a bunch of public services, library, playground, train, bus, tram, community centre, childcare centre, a primary school and so on. I'm currently renting this dream home, but if I hadn't wasted so much money on men, I'd own this place. I wish I'd lined up all my ducks to be a solo mum instead of swiping on Tinder. Not that there's anything wrong with dating or relationships if they're good ones. But for me, I spent too much time looking 
for a good relationship and not enough time preparing to be a mum, which is the best relationship I'm ever going to have. It's the best relationship I have ever had. It's amazing. And as a mum, I need a good social network, friends, family who are flexible with my son's weird nap times. And I need a job that's flexible, but consistent and with sufficient sick leave for the constant childcare illnesses. I need a health and sporting regime that's flexible and that I don't have to overthink or plan. I need to know how to cook some basic stuff and be connected to a lot of different social groups, but I don't have all these ducks lined up because I was too busy dating. So to my 25 year old self, And to my son, if he ever listens to this, and to anyone else, line up your ducks, your ducks. Get ready to be a mum. And if you bump into another person with their ducks in a row and they're a great person and the relationship's great, then winner. But if not, let me assure you that being a solo mum is the absolute best decision I ever made. Hi, I'm Alicia, mum to Emmeline. I'm from episode 34. My advice would be, Know that you're going to possibly lose some people that you really love and value in your life from your life, and that is okay. Some people are going to struggle to understand your decision, to be able to support you in your decision, to be able to support you through the process. Some people are going to be challenged, either based on their beliefs, their values, or simply a lack of understanding. Don't let that deter you. That is my advice. Know that you're going to lose people, but don't let it deter you. You will instead find so many wonderful people. You will find people in your mum's groups, in your playgroups. People that you didn't know would be there to support you will just turn up out of the blue. Friends of your mum, friends of your auntie, friends of your sister, random people from all over will come forward and they will step up and they will become the people that are your people. They'll be a part of your life, a part of your child's life. They will love you, they will love your child and they will support you all the way. Embrace those people and don't let that you may lose some people deter you from making this decision. If you're going to lose people by making this decision, those people were never meant to be in your life and that's okay. You will replace them with so many amazing, wonderful, accepting, gorgeous people. Hi, I'm Christina, mum to Eliza from episode three. My best advice for any other amazing women considering on this journey is to absolutely do, do it, it's the best. Um, but, But get ready for your world to shift in the most amazing, messy, complicated, overwhelming at times way. You are absolutely and always infinitely stronger than you think you're never prepared there's never a right time life will always throw a curveball at you Um, but on a daily basis you'll experience love and joy like you have never known and at times it will be overwhelming and it hurts but there are also times where that love is replaced by exhaustion and you feel like you are completely exhausted and have nothing left to give your cup is empty Um, and you'll doubt yourself and wonder what the hell you've done and why you're doing it but at the end of the day you are all that your little one or little ones want or need you are strong and brave and the best example um, that that 
of living your best life that they could ask for. I would also say it is so important to build your village um, and being part of your village is a privilege and not a right. I would also remind you that it's actually totally okay to say and back away from some of those friendships and people in your life that don't serve you and that don't don't give you energy. Um, I know it's hard as well, but it is ultimately the best thing for everyone. And the other thing I would say, the advice I would give is we are fiercely independent women, but it is okay to ask for help. And sometimes um, that help comes in the form of, of paid help. All of those things that help you get through your day are, are worth it. So I would absolutely say go for it. It is the best thing I've ever done. I've never felt a level of satisfaction or love in my life as strong as what I have now. I wish I had done it a bit earlier, but also know that if I had done it earlier, I wouldn't have Eliza. Things would have gone a little bit differently and I'd have a different child. So, you know, you are where you're meant to be for the time that you're making that decision and you're making the best decision for you. But absolutely, it's amazing and messy and complicated and hard, but never, ever doubt your ability. It's the best decision ever. And if you need any help, there's amazing women out there just an Instagram DM away. All the best. Merry Christmas. Hi, Sally here from Two Boys, One Mum on episode five. Um, so my three, I have three recommendations for uh, going into solo mum by choice journey, but also starting fertility journey. Um, I think it's vital for any person with a female re reproductive system to have their testing done at around 25 years old just to see what's going on in there you might get the surprise of your life and find out that you don't have another decade to wait to have a child or you might find that that you've got 20 years that you could wait and you know being in your 40s and having a baby is totally okay um, but I think that's so important for anyone to know about their reproductive system whether you're going to be a single parent or not it might be the driving force that you actually decide, okay, I don't have the time to wait for someone and go do it on your own because that's important to you. Secondly would be to shop around with your clinics and your doctors. Um, don't stick with something just because it's the first one that you've come across and it seems like that's good enough. Um, there's so many clinics out there with different pri pricing structures, um, different uh, wait lists and you know donor lists and all that sort of information um, you should definitely go with someone that you're comfortable with but also that has open information for you as well and how you access that information the best in the business might be the most expensive in the business um, and you might find that that's not all it's cracked up to be like I did and um, you know their wait list had fees and everything like that whereas another cheaper clinic didn't have any wait lists and didn't have any extra fees to be on those wait lists either and then thirdly would be uh, in light of uh, recently losing Carly in our community uh, would be to think about potentially where your child is going to be uh, if you're no longer in the world. Uh, whether that looks like it's with immediate family and friends that are in your community already um, but also who is left for that child and from a single mum by choice your child has 
another half of them biologically and I would strongly encourage everyone to do everything that they can to make sure that your child has the barest connection to that biological link so that they don't feel alone in the world anymore because there is another half of them out there and more than likely and siblings as well so that's my advice uh good luck with your journey hello this is Sasha mum to Brooklyn from episode 17 of the podcast my advice to anyone that is looking to go down the route of conceiving as a single mom by choice is 100% just do it. Do not wait for life to happen to you. It is so rewarding. I have an amazing daughter, an amazing life with her. Just go and do it. And there is a huge community here to support you along your journey as well. This is Jane, Mum to Isabel, episode 29. Uh, this year for us is a really special Christmas. We are joining both donor family and immediate family in a really big Christmas lunch. But my advice for all of us mums out there and hoping to be mums is to develop your own traditions. Find something that makes Christmas special for you. For us, Isabella and I um, get a new Christmas book each year. We also make a point of donating either time or money to a cause that is close to our hearts each year. And this year, more than any other year, um, and it's very close to home for lots of us, is we are making a point of spending time with our immediate family, so our immediate village, um, and also our single mum village. I think this year, more than any other year, has been highlighted how important those connections are. And while Christmas is really tricky for for our family um, and for lots of other families, we make or look for a way of easing that. So this year, with a couple of tricky members, um, I'm going camping with Isabel. Um, and... For those that are not so tricky and joining that, that larger family group together um, is our Christmas dinner. I want to wish everybody a really happy Christmas um, and a very happy new year. Uh, and do take the time out to make connections with your nearest and dearest and stay safe, stay well and take care. Hi there, my name is Lisa. I'm from episode four and I have a three-year-old um, little boy called Luca. Um, I wanted to share some advice around uh, trying to live in the moment a little bit more when you have your newborn. Um, I spoke in my episode about really not being mentally prepared for uh, having a baby and what that would be like on my own. Um, I was like that because I didn't want to get my hopes up. Um, but I do wish uh, that I had been a little bit more mentally prepared, um, that it was going to be hard. Um, I think I was in a bit of denial about that. So I think um, that meant that I really was so mentally focused on how hard it was on my own with a newborn um, that I didn't get to appreciate all the amazing moments um, and appreciate him as a little baby. And people say that time 
uh, is so fleeting and goes so fast. But when you're in the thick of sleep deprivation, um, you know, and just trying to navigate new motherhood, I feel like it's just really hard to appreciate that. And it's um, extra hard, I think, when you're on your own. Um, So, yeah, if I could have that time again, I would just be more present um, and not worry about doing things right, I guess, and just trying to appreciate the little amazing, (laughs) amazing baby that I have right here in my hands because he won't be a baby for long. Um, Yeah, and also just to, to build your village and be really proactive about that. Um, I think it took me a long time to do that and that made that uh, first year extra hard, I think. Um, So if I had been a bit more proactive about reaching out for help in that first year, I might not have found it as hard and might have been able to appreciate those moments um, a little bit more. Um, And the last thing I want to say is it does get easier for anyone who's really in the thick of it. Um, Every challenge does pass and... Um, it does get easier and now I have an almost four-year-old and I'm uh, really, really enjoying being his mum. Yeah, all the best for the holiday season. And there you have it. Season one of No Need for Prince Charming is done. Thank you again for listening. Thank you to everyone who has shared their story. I hope you all have a wonderful summer and season two will be back in March next year. If you would like to be a guest and have your story shared, please get in contact with me either through Instagram or through the website. Thank you again to everyone. I couldn't have done it without your support and I hope you've enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. I'm Alicia and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.